Welcome back to Friends Like Us. Marina Franklin here, your host. This week on Friends, we have returning friend Mugga. Mugga is an American actress and comedian who was born and raised in Brooklyn. She is known for her roles as Dolores in The First Purge, Rima Pell in Orange is the New Black, and NBC's Manifest as Bethany. And we talk about her role as Bethany on this show. It's on Netflix. Check it out. They saved it on Netflix. Also, welcome back Sarah Contreras, top female comedian, actress, writer since 1995, and one of Showtime's Alma nominated for Best Comedy Special, Original Latin Divas of Comedy. She was selected as one of the 22 comics to watch in 2022, and her hilarious one-woman show, Freak of Nature, premiered in 2022 around the country. I want to thank all of our listeners of Friends Like Us. Because of you, we make some pretty impressive list. You can hear us on Google Podcasts now, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. Review and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. Make sure you turn on the auto download function for Friends Like Us on Apple Podcasts. You can email us at friendsliketuspodcast at gmail. Our Instagram is friendsliketuspodcast and Twitter is friendsliketustin. Become more than a friend. Leave us a tip or donation by going to our Patreon page. Go to patreon backslash friendslikeus. Special shout out to our Patreon friends. It's because of you we keep going. And now for our golden friends, you have the option to watch our recordings live backstage. Go to Patreon backslash friends like us and be golden. Merch is available. We have t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, face masks, and tank tops. They're all available. Go to marinafranklin.com. Weekly on my YouTube channel, I go live with my assistant Evelyn Frick, my wacky friend Dave Jessica. We give updates to the show. Shout out fans who leave us reviews. See? And we have surprise guest friends from the podcast stop by. And sometimes, sometimes, we offer free stuff. And we've even had fans on the show recently, right, Sue J? With friends like us, it'll help you feel not so alone because more content is on the way. Tell a friend you know to check us out. Stay safe. Wash those dirty little hands. Wear a mask still if you want to. And Black Lives Matter, right? I mean, of course they do. I'm with Mugga. Hi. It's been a while. She's been in every TV show. I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> and, and Sarah Contreras, who recently did our fundraiser and she killed it. Yes, she did. Hey! Fun. Go on, girl. Welcome. That was great. Oh my God, I'm so glad we finally got it going. We got it. We got it. I love having you both here today because. You're both veterans in comedy, and I love you both so much. You're like just, and I was just like, what perfect group today to have, Mugga and Sarah. I love my girls. I love you girls too. Good to see you again. I haven't seen you in a while, Marina. Yeah, we hadn't seen each other, and then we were suddenly on like every show right. in May, and it was wonderful. Yep. I loved it. We had a great time. And we sold both of them out. Ow, ow. Yes, ma'am. We were just selling shows out from, like from Jersey to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. That's right. We were unstoppable. Yes, ma'am. Let's keep that going. That's right. That's that's a hint, hint, hint. Mm-hmm. When we hire both us together, we sell out shows. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> and you know what was great? Um, I was telling Maga that we just did a fundraiser at because the podcast has turned into a more of a solution oriented podcast because most of the times we can talk about women of color and the statistics can be so negative and jarring and 
you know, browbeating that I decided to really try to focus on things that sort of uplift us and can be a solution. And, you know, we have the school in Harlem that was severely defunded by our mayor. How do you hear school defunded? There is something wrong with that mayor. Absolutely. I don't yeah. like that. That, that those, those two words don't go together. School and defunding after a two-year pandemic and lockdown. Like, we should be putting more money into the schools, not taking money out. Absolutely. And finding those arts and music programs to put back into the school. The school shouldn't be losing oh my anything. God. My thing is, where does the money go when you take it from the school? <laughs> where does it need to go? Like, what um, is the greater the need? The cops, they need I was money. just going to say $11 billion. They got $11 billion. Wow. That's crazy. It is. We said defund the police and that caused a problem, but they easily defunded the schools. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Sarah, yeah. I didn't know you worked in the school system until I saw all your posts. Yes, I have been an educator for 40 years, darling. I've been doing this. You know what? Special ed went into law 1975. I started working 1983. Wow. So I have been through every iteration of special ed and IEPs and all the different categories and classifications. And I've seen the nuttiness. I mean, in a sense, it is has been somewhat crazy. Um, but I've been through the whole process. I just did 40 years. Thank you for your 40. service. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. 40. Yeah. yeah. That's it. I'm done. I'm doing what Angelo and told I, me to do for 20 years ago. <laughs> I quit that job. Can't. Angelo Lozada was the biggest fan for me quitting. And I was like, honey, I got mortgage and tuition. Not today. I hear you. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for that, guys. I appreciate it. I'm real proud of the work we've done. Yeah. And when we asked you to do the show, <laughs> you know, we comics, we do fundraisers so often that I think sometimes we get a little desensitized by why we're doing it. Uh, and who for, and if it's meaningful, and Sarah. So I asked a few people, I won't mention any names, that were celebrities, and one didn't even reply back. But Uh a lot of them, a lot of them donated. Like Amy Schumer donated money, which I was really thankful for. She Right away, like, Mm -hmm. no problem. Um, And Phoebe Robinson would have done it if she was in town. And I was like, thank you. Mm -hmm. You know, she was like, this is an easy one. I would love to, this is my thing. Mm -hmm. There was one that just, it was crazy. (laughs) Like how much of an, she ignored me. But then I realized, you know, we do sort of get caught up in all of the shows we get booked on and then we get fundraisers. And sometimes we, we forget like the meanings of these fundraisers and Sarah no hesitation at all. Like, s- thank you. That's awesome. Like, you, and you, the way you promoted it was just, it made the teachers feel good. Oh, that's wonderful. And you know what? It was genuine. It was, you saw the post I made. It was completely genuine. I actually took, I, I did one from the schools. I don't know if you saw that one. You did one Where from I, the school? I did one of the posts was actually within the classroom where I wanted oh, to yeah. just show that, yes, this is what we're fighting for, the supplies and the science lab. We had an Acellus lab that I decided to do the, the, the uh, video from because the school had really, you know, advocated to get the funding for the program. And I'm in a charter school, so mm-hmm. that's a whole separate, you know, experience. Yeah. But it was important to me to really have people understand that. I said it. It was the most important show I've done all year. 
That's exciting. Because I really, I believed in it and I wanted people to come out and I was worried. You know how people get funny? Oh, it's a hundred dollars. Stupid. You know how we drop a hundred dollars at the bat of an eyelash? Like, stop it. We are not going to do that. You're not going to tell me that. I don't want to hear that. Well, you could have called me too, Marina. I ain't no celebrity. I'd have showed up. Uh, Oh, did I not? Maga, oh, I, I show up for everything, especially for the kids. I could have sworn you were booked. I think I think you I thought you were booked or something. I know it was for for the podcast a couple of times. We had like a couple yeah, of Yeah, you know what? I probably lumped to. it all in. Probably. I hear you. <laughs> oh. I understand. For future reference. <gasps> we're gonna keep it Please going. Yeah, yeah, no, this was the launch. So in the first week, like right, we t- we started the ticket sales literally the week before the show. Mm-hmm like the Monday before the week of the show. Mm. And we raised 7,000 in that week. Wow. Mm. That's nice. Our goal is 60,000. Okay. Wonderful. We're up to 10,000. I haven't looked at it today, Yay. but it's been growing. And so we continue, we will continually do these shows okay. with comedians. So definitely my God, would love to have you on the next show Absolutely. or whatever whenever you're available and we have the show i'm available not, as long not... as the strike is on and then some so oh there that's right that's right you can and the yeah. strike now you know what maga i wanted to ask you because manifest which i'm going to start watching now that succession is done i have to <laughs> i have a new one to stream and six so maga is in the show manifest in season have you been in all the seasons? Yeah, like a couple of episodes each season, at least two per season. A couple of two seasons, I did three. Total, there's 12, 13 episodes. So I, I hung on. <laughs> I hung on. Not, is a, not, en- not enough, Bethany. Not enough, Bethany. Thank you, you know, Sarah. every time I posted, you saw, you saw that, right? Every single time I posted, yes. I said, we need more Bethany. I tried. We need more Bethany. <laughs> I was yeah. grateful to be a part yeah. of it, though, because it really, it, it did change my life and career. You know, I didn't All right. blow up, so to speak, but it did give me some more notoriety, I guess, and a few more fans, and I appreciate the support. Oh, so, so Sarah, you watched the show? I did. I watched the first season and it was interesting. But again, I just felt like your storyline never really got developed. We knew, I think you had uh, your brother. It was an issue with your brother, right? My brother? No. Was there a story? What was exactly? Oh, the storyline. No, no, no. It was, it was my cousin's boyfriend from Jamaica. I was helping smuggle him Uh in. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. And so I thought that was such an interesting storyline. I felt like they concentrated too much on the other players. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, by the end of the first season, I just I didn't think it was as interesting as it could have been if they had developed. And that's not just because I know you. It was like I felt like your story on the show, that particular character story was important. And I didn't feel like they developed it enough. And then I watched the second season and I didn't see it really being done either. I, I can say I've heard I was that. happy they had a Latina. Yes. And and she was good, and that storyline was okay, but I don't know. I just wasn't and, – and, you know, me with me, when I watch, like, any of the um, the channels that are not cable, mm-hmm. I find myself drifting because I need a little cussing, and I need a little fussing, yeah, and I need a little – Well, the – well, I'll tell you what, to, to put a to put a positive spin on it, Sarah, because we want to promote the show in a positive <laughs> <Yeah, me> way. <laughs> um, 
I could see Muggins yeah. going, oh, oh, Sarah, oh, I can't use that. I can't use that. I will put, I will take some. No, of that. it's not. I'm no, so please. Honestly, is that okay? Don't, you don't have to take it out okay. because again, okay. it's. I right, just want to make sure. That's fine. It's, it's. Because um, I just want to make sure it's okay. Because, you know, I do want to mm-hmm. fully promote the fact. Absolutely. That, it was a good that, show. I want to say, no, I, I honestly want to say that this is not the first time that I'm hearing this, Sarah, and I get it. All right. I will honestly say from season one to around season two and a half, season three, things changed a lot in terms of the writing and the direction of the show. There were things that I was supposed to be doing that didn't happen. There were things that were talked about directionally for my character, and then things started to change. And you kind of see we went from NBC to next Netflix in the fourth and fifth season. So writing changed drastically. Storylines changed a lot. And there have been people who've said that to me, like, what happened? What's going on? I was like, well, I'm, I'm not a writer on the show, but, you know, mm-hmm. I was grateful to appear when I did show up. And I don't think, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, sorry. Go ahead. And I don't, I didn't take it personally. I I didn't in terms of, okay, I'm reading one day and I'm like, okay, this is great. Okay. What happened? <laughs> but, but I learned all my lines. <laughs> but the fact that they didn't get rid of me, they kept bringing me back in the crew, the cast, the, the writers, the producers, they, they were great. And like I said, you know, we created as best we could. And I was grateful to be a part of it from the beginning to the end. So and didn't it also take like a slant where they in the second season they were doing something like with a religious group or some type of thing? Like it just got odd. To me, it got odd. I didn't understand the transition to that for the second season, honestly. And that's where I just didn't. That's where I believe we lost some people. And I'm just being honest. I've had people who watched mm-hmm. it, you know, religiously, pardon the pun. And they were like, well, what's right. that? It took a sharp left. I was like, I I see, I understand. And I lost some people. Actually, myself. a sharp right. A sharp right. A sharp right. right. A sharp right. right. <laughs> Very right. Then, oh, a yeah, sharp right. If it went left, maybe I would have been, you know, it was a good show, though. I don't mean to disparage it at all. I just felt that, you know, they, they, they lost an opportunity to really delve into a very interesting character's backstory. That's but they all. gained it on Netflix. Now, on Netflix, there you go. is this. So this is what I wanted to say, right? Like a lot of times when shows get canceled and you're on a show, it can be, it, it, it's, I mean, these shows for it to work, it's amazing. It's a miracle. Yeah. And then the, so the story is viewers were devastated when NBC canceled manifest after season three, thanks to a fan led social media campaign and strong streaming numbers, Netflix saved the missing plane drama so it could live to see another season. Yeah. Manifest, the NBC-turned-Netflix supernatural drama series follows the passenger and crew members on Mont- Montego Air. Montego, right? like Flight Jamaica? 828. Mm-hmm. Montego. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, why did Montego. I Montego. <laughs> Montego Bay. Montego. Montego Air. <laughs> Flight 828, who suddenly reappeared after being presumed dead for five and a half years. So it was created by Jeff Yes, love death. The show. (laughs) Yes. And, you know, what I'm noticing is a lot of the cast members are actually thanking Netflix. Like I saw. Can you can you speak to that, Maga? Well, there's thanks are in order, you know, because it uh, we were out of there. 
for a while and to start on NBC and, you know, to get the, the, the pink flip, so to speak, was a little a little jarring, mm-hmm. but it had already become a cult, cultish type of thing, mm-hmm. this show worldwide. And people were just not having it. So at first I thought, well, you know, a few people, they, they were watching. Yeah, OK, they're going to make some noise. This thing grew into a huge wow. campaign and Netflix couldn't ignore it. The, the people weren't having it. They're were like, we, we want it back. And it was insane. Nice. The campaign was insane. And I'm grateful for that. But to save a show, third season, we were out of there. But that Netflix thing got us back oh. on top. And we happen to be number one today, again, since Friday. Yeah. We are number oh, one on wow. Netflix again. So it's what happened was it's yeah. actually the, the final season was in two parts. So we shot, I believe it's 11, the first half, I'll say halves of season. So 11 episodes that were released, that were released um, in November, I believe. And then the second half, the second 11 were released on Friday. And as of this morning, it's number one again. So people are looking for it. What do I know? I know. What do I know? Don't yeah. I feel stupid? Oh, yeah. shut up, Sarah. Luckily, no, Sarah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's because your opinion as an artist. Yes. I'm so happy, though. Yes. I'm happy, though. But you're entitled, uh-huh. again, as as not only my colleague and friend, to speak favorably favorably about Bethany and wanting to see more of her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and this is what I was going to say earlier, is that I was having this same argument about a different show about a black character on succession. Uh-huh. She's very light skinned. I think she's mm. maybe biracial. Um, and also when um Sanai Lathan was on the show, they did not handle the black characters well, the black women at all. And you know, as and and I was telling it to my trainer who happens who not happens to be white, he's white. Uh-huh. And he male, and he was like, "What do you mean? They didn't handle the character right. It's like a white world." And I, and I, I, I just, you know, sometimes I get so frustrated in all of the thoughts I have. I can't speak. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, I don't know if I should waste my time because I, I'm also like training with him, and I need to get my money's worth. But then, I said to him, I go, "Well, as an actress, I know what it's like." to be in a mo- in a scene and go there's so much more i can give if i had the lines if i had a story yeah. and this this character was subservient mm. and yeah maybe that's true mm. in that world but doesn't she have lines about being subservient to this person right. wouldn't that add to the story wouldn't that make the story full as well absolutely do we <laughs> not do you are you assuming that people don't want to hear her voice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I streamed that show succession. I mean, um, I have to stop you. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be rude. I'm not done with this last season, so I don't want to hear anything that's going to make me go crazy, but I did. Oh no, no, oh, I'm, not, I'm not going <laughs> to, don't say that. Part. I'm not going to give any. Oh, thank you. What thank happened? You, thank don't you say that part. <laughs> no, I won't say anything, but uh, I will say like, I, I cannot like remember when you just watch all of one. See, you watch binge, binge, you binge watched binge. it. Yeah, binge. Binge. menopause is a bitch. Who are you telling? I'm past it. That's Girl, why I got it. I'm past it. That's get why I got out it. of here. <laughs> menopause. Girl, is something. That part. Are you going through it too? What you mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Shit. 
girl. It's a lot. What are you taking? Mugga, do you take what, anything? What am I taking this week? You, you really want me to get the bottle? I, re- I really want to know. <laughs> oh, oh well, baby, Marina, we did that show in Jersey, and it was, oh, God, it was, okay. it's tough. Oh, there's you can see yourself. Okay. I'm back. There's hope. There is, there's hope. Is there, there is hope. There's no studies for women yeah, going through menopause, by the okay. way. Like none. Oh, oh. that's the worst. The I, listen, I remember being on stage and having the, the sweat just But if landing. I could just, I, I do want to finish this point before you show the oh, bottle. Yes. I just want to say, I, I, I binged it and and you're probably watching it now, just waiting for her to say more, mm-hmm. right? Unbelievable. And I just want to ask the actress, was there ever a moment of frustration that they don't kind of develop your character? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's frustration. There's frustration. There's fear. Because when you when you hear that, you know, your character does have a storyline, you're like, okay, let's let's tell this story. And again, when you don't see that developing one actress to another, of course, it's absolutely frustrating. And it's scary because you you want a voice. You come to the piece with your own voice and you hope that through the character you get to speak, you know, as a Black mm-hmm. woman, a fully realized one, not just the caricature of one, not just a tiny, a tiny voiced one, but when it doesn't happen, it further frustrates you. And... It's got to be disappointing. And it is. And it's still, it's like, it's 2023. Are we still, I'm grateful. It's like, you can't just be grateful to be there. Okay, I'm grateful to be That's here. Right. Oh, oh, let me be quiet. I'm grateful to be here. Don't want to lose my job, but, but I can't play yeah. myself either, you know? And but that's, that's the prevailing attitude. Yeah, though. yeah. And you know, and didn't, didn't your cousin have, wasn't there an immigration issue with your character? With the like, your Yes, cousin yes. Come? The young man, Thomas, I was helping him sneak into America from Jamaica because he was dating my cousin who was missing also. So this, yeah, yeah. So it was immigration. So your storyline was really interesting and it was topical. It was rev- relevant. And Bethany was, and also, was also part of the LGBTQ community. It's cute. I say all the letters. I, I, I can't even say the funny thing I wanted to say because you know what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I've told someone recently because I stopped doing a joke about the subway that I used to do about unhoused individuals in the subway. And now I've taken a break from doing that joke <laughs> because of how tense things yeah. are. Right. Oh. And I, my body just didn't feel right. Doing right. It. Now, but I think in this day and age about being careful as comedians, we also have to just craft the joke a little right. better. That's right. All. Right. So That's I'm not abandoning the joke. I'm That's just challenge. And and the thing about the thing about the comedian the comedian having to be so careful is oxymoronic to me because we take the mm-hmm. things that most people think about would never say make it funny craft it craft it well because you have to mm-hmm. but also cause people to make to laugh at themselves so that's the thing people are like oh that comedian uh, someone smacked a comedian someone did this to a comedian. Some people aren't crafty in their telling of certain jokes. I'm not saying that anyone has a right to, to touch anyone or anything, but there's something to doing this for over 25 years to where I understand how I can't just say a funny thing from my perspective. 
I have to take into account my audience and bring them over to my side so everybody's laughing at themselves too. Mm-hmm. You exactly know, right. feeling we, comfortable with it. We grew up. We we heard Richard Pryor and George Carlin and Red Fox, and we heard all these people say lots of inappropriate things. No one got beaten up. No one got shot. Nobody People used to gay people used to laugh at gay jokes, and they went home and about their lives. No one was trying to beat on them and hurt people and stuff. It's just gotten really crazy. And I, yeah, it's gotten really sensitive, especially from a comedian's perspective. And I think that really sucks. If you don't like something a a comedian says, that's not your brand of comedy. That's fine. But to try and kill a person's career because of it, I just think that's that's not cool. That's BS. Canceling and canceling. Do you remember? um, I was like Richard Pryor. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't. I was going to say. Remember at the at the fundraiser, uh, Keith did a couple of jokes. I don't know if you sensed a little bit of the audience sort of bristling a little bit. I yes, thought they I were hilarious. Keith Robinson? So well-crafted. Uh-huh. Keith Robinson is hilarious, he, okay? Day in, he's day out. so funny, and I'm laughing, and I'm cackling, but I saw a couple of people just kind of bristle and, you know, kind of suck, suck their lips in and just mm. kind of... Wow. But it was really funny, and I didn't find it offensive or in any way... Um, I'll host it next time. (laughs) (laughs) You know what it is? And not that the host, she did an amazing job. It was fabulous. It's just that she is younger. And so sometimes it does require for an audience that's maybe not used to stand-up comedy for a host that can kind of ship them into it, like uh, Mm -hmm. be the captain of the ship so to speak, to let them know, I'm in charge. Everything's okay. You're in good hands. And you have to know how to finesse it. That comes you with do. that comes right. that seasoning comes with age sometimes. Sorry. Marinate, marinate. Because that I hosted, you know, like uh I would have said, hey, you know, hey, watch, you know, I see some of you being sensitive. This is not for that. This is comedy. Mm-hmm. This is for you to let it go, let it loose. They're educators too, so I'm assuming maybe that, you know yeah. that could have been why, right, Sarah? I think so, because I know I've always been very self-conscious and I've censored myself because I know I have to face parents the next day. I have mm. to face I have to face a director. I don't really mix the two, though. I, they've only just learned in the last, let's say, year that I was even a comedian at my school. So I've always tried to keep the two separate because it is there's a dynamics there that's there. You know, like I want to be able to just go out there and, and be me and express everything I want. But I self-censor quite a bit and I'm, I'm tired of it. I think now is when I'm going to really not have to worry about affecting and insulting or offending. I, I just don't really give a shit anymore. I'm going to say whatever I have to say. And and uh, and I feel like I'm, I've earned, like you said, you know, we've been doing it a long time. I got 28 years in November mm-hmm. in this business. And I think people know me enough to know that I'm not a bigot. I'm not a, I don't, I don't support bigotry in any form and, you know, but there are things that I still have issues with and I'm going to talk about it. Yeah. And like you said, I'm going to shoot that bullet in the air and wherever it lands, that's where it's going to land. Yep. We take, we take the risk, you know, as we take the risk, we we put ourselves out there. Some things fall flat for, for whatever reasons, but I don't know of many comedians, I will say. That, that get dressed and, and go into a club and say, okay, I want to just offend and hurt people's feelings tonight. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I want to yeah. see how many people I can make cringe tonight. No, the goal is always to disarm and make people relax and cause them, hopefully, 
to enjoy themselves and laugh. You don't take it home with you. You don't have to take every single thing home with you. If you didn't like a joke, don't laugh. You don't have to mm-hmm. cost someone to lose their and job. Or don't go. Don't go. <laughs> don't go. Yeah, but I love the way, I love what you just said, my God. That was brilliant. We have to disarm. Yeah. That really is what we do in a comedy club. I love that because it's about put all of your protection modes and all of your shields and all of, put it down. And let's just look How, at each other as just humans. But and, we're and up talk against, about human I'm sorry, Sarah, go ahead. But we're up no, against ahead, so Come much on. with the political climate of the world. It's not uh, even just America, like everything. And uh, skipping, people try and skip over what we've gone through the last two and a half, three years. No one likes to say the word out loud. We've been traumatized. I don't care mm-hmm. if you went through it and you skated through or you think you did, you think you're unscathed. You're probably not. I am not the person mm-hmm. I was before, nor should I be. But my question, when I look myself in the mirror, I say, how do I become an even better version of myself in spite of all that we've been through? Remember mm-hmm. when we couldn't go outside as New Yorkers? We had to go, don't go outside. What the, don't go outside. <laughs> I know, right? Standing online in the supermarket with masks and gloves on and we're strong. Can't I still do it. We're survivors. Can't find toilet paper. You still do it? I still wear so a mask. Yeah, I'm one of the so few. So do I. Yeah. I know you're good that way. I still wear my mask. And unfortunately, I'm still wiping everything off that I buy from the grocery store. I'm still wiping food off. Yeah. It's, mm. you know, it's habit too, mm. I think. Like once you have a, a habit like that. And I knew right away, I said, this is a good habit actually to keep for a while. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to, cause once I stop, mm-hmm. that's going to be the habit too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, you know, I wanted to just, uh, just a bit of a, however, I do feel like the change that I do like that's happening in the comedy scene and is, is that it's not all white guys up there talking. And so a lot of times, or the white audience, a lot of times, you know, cause I've been in the mainstream or white rooms mm-hmm. for, you know, a bit too long. Mm-hmm. And, and so a lot of times sort of talking about black issues, you sort of have to tiptoe around it because the audience yeah. gets that white guilt thing yeah. or they're like, that's too much. That's triggering for them. Right. So in a sense for years, gay comedians, black comedians have, had to always censor themselves in a way or figure out how to write a better joke for a white audience or a mainstream audience or for a comedy central or for a you know, bookers, right. so to speak, to make a white audience feel comfortable. Yeah. And so now that you have, you know, comedians, you have more gay comedians in the scene, more black women in these mainstream rooms. So it does change. It does change the dynamic in a sense of of where we're coming from mm-hmm. and 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 sort of like not what's appropriate but it changes like the meaning and the context right. a lot right and and i find that to be a good mm-hmm. thing you know i don't i find like you know white guys can be kind of lazy and even black men mm-hmm. can be kind of lazy in their or men can be kind of lazy in their material about women yeah. so th- there those are some of the changes i actually do yeah. like you know, like when, because gay people are actually at the table too, or they're like at the comedy cellar, they're at the table. Mm-hmm. So all of those gay jokes are kind of falling. They're falling flat. Uh-huh. They really are. Cause they're not, if they're not mature enough, if they don't have like understanding, <clears throat> you sound dated yes. 
in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't you sound know? modern. Right. It doesn't no, sound like modern. even like Chris uh-huh. Rock, I'm sorry, but some of his jokes, I was like, have you been paying attention uh, to right. what's in the air? Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like, you know, we go in and we, we do create that tension and that's necessary, but also be aware. Like you, like you were saying, Mugga, like what's in the air. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. makes just a better joke. Yes. I was overall. just going to say, you can, write a better, you can write a better joke. Yeah, right. you can write a better joke. And be yeah. conscious Be conscious of that now. Like you said, there, there are gay people at these tables, at the comedy clubs, comedians, rather. And they're like, okay, heard it all before. What, what, yes. what? How creative was right. that? You know, how creative right. can you be? What's your, what's the spin? Because if you don't have a spin to make me even think as if I were a gay person, say, okay, <laughs> No, mm-hmm. it's just and trans yeah. that we have trans comedians Everybody. now hosting hosting the yeah. show. Yeah. Jay McBride, you know, hosts the ch- show, and and it's interesting because I do a they joke, a pronoun joke, mm-hmm. but it's not even about the. It's more about me, okay. and that's how I knew it worked because I could still do it while she's hosting mm-hmm. the show, and the audience doesn't pull back. I mean, they pull back because it's tense. Mm-hmm. But it gets a full laugh because it's really funny. It's well done. But if I bail on it because she's hosting, then I know I'm not right. doing my job. Right. Right. And you you were able to do it in that space with her hosting the show. And she probably laughed at it too. Oh, yes, yes, <laughs> See, yes. that's, oh, no, she loves it. that's yeah, the she difference than, than being a, than yeah. just being a comic and telling jokes or really respecting the craft and and putting some work into what you're doing. You put work into the writing. I'm not, I'm not right. going to say every single thing that I do, I've thought out because some stuff has to be worked. That's the job of a comedian. If you want to last in this business, or you're just going to keep throwing out material when you're in the room with the person who might be offended because they have, you have to, to take be, it back home. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to take it back to the table and you have to rewrite it or re or adjust it and not be um, lazy. I call myself and not be lazy. I caught myself recently, you know, I'm a speech therapist and I'm sitting in the classroom, in my therapy room, and I'm having this session and I caught myself because I'm going, he's the boy and she is the, because that's what I do. I teach personal pronouns. I teach possessive pronouns for, you know, my, my babies. Right. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, there is such a joke in here. <laughs> and I, I want to take it to the stage. I have, And again, I have to sit and write it. I have to take the time to sit down and now make that a funny bit where I'm not insulting people, but I'm going, I've been trained this way. This is 40 years. I'm a psycholinguist. It just rubs me the wrong way. And it does. It just does. That's the setup because you're coming from your real lived experience. That's the setup for the joke. I'm a speech therapist. This particular thing about that particular And it's not about offending anyone. It's a real world situation. How do I work with these children whose parents I've promised to correct the grammar that these children are supposed to be learning. And they're too little. I'm not going to start that conversation mm-hmm. now, but it's, you know, it, 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 I know that there's a joke embedded in that, in that situation. Absolutely. And I have to just sit there and not be lazy and write it. Right. So that it doesn't offend, but it's a reality. It's, it's the reality, you know, yeah. it's, it, and for me, I, I haven't done any jokes because I'm still, sort of chewing on it like I just there's still a lot of issues I have 
And okay. it's not to say that I would ever discriminate. I'm not a bigot. But I always say tolerance swings both ways. Exactly. It's a pendulum. Exactly. So as much as we are expected now to adjust and say, okay, fine. You know, I, I agree. You should have rights. And this is a new world. I'm not used to it. You have to give me time. Right? Absolutely. And then that, but, then, but then please be patient with my need to adjust. And, and respectful. don't call me transphobic. And, respectful. and don't call me trans. I hate when people do that. Because people I know who are good people are getting called transphobic because they're just asking questions. And we're, and we're throwing like, around words. I'm sorry to cut you off, but people are throwing I around agree. words. And it's been within the last no. five to eight years. People have become away about the words they get to throw around. And I won't even speak about the other thing and what made this a thing. You know what I'm saying? There were times when I could be friends with the Republican and it not be an issue. We don't agree politically, but I think you still have a right to live. I don't think you should not live and talk anymore. But now it's just like, don't say that. And you don't get this. And don't say it's not sustainable. Where does this end Mm -hmm. in humanity? When does it end? Everyone should respect everyone. Okay, that's the bottom line. but you said something before, Maga, uh, uh, you said that people are forgetting about the last, people don't want to deal with the last, uh, you said three years, right? I thought you were, oh, two years. I thought you were going to say 200 years. Well. Because that's a, the whole rewriting of history. Yeah. The whole rewriting of, 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 of movements in this country. Yeah. Of growth in this country, of the evolution. It's all of it is tied in. It's like nobody wants to talk about right. anything that bothers right. anybody. It's just like. And I would have said 400 years, not 200, but yeah. Exactly. There you, go. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. you know my point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like the whole attitude of you can't talk about what we know is real because there's this fairy tale story that's being created about what this country has become or has been rather Mm -hmm. and so if you come out on stage and you try to in any way address some of the stuff that's going on sometimes you get shut down because people just don't want to act like it's really the truth and i don't get it this this is what's happening like get get real with it and we're going to talk about it on stage and i think that particular thing that that this particular time is critical with regard to everything we're talking about because what does the artist do now do we retreat mm-hmm. do we do we get mm-hmm. quiet do you put down the microphone what do we do to get through this very very crazy chaotic time that we're living in to still entertain edutain some of us because in 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 we're not just telling jokes you know we have to do we have to educate people as well to some degree, I believe, we have a microphone. It is our duty to some degree to educate people on things that they may not understand. You know, I mean, educate might not be the right word. Expand. Expand. Just open up your mind a little bit, yeah. And make people, and help people to understand that it's okay to talk. We used to talk. You might be talking and I might not like what you have to say, but you have a right to talk. I don't have to stand and listen, but I don't hate you because of that. And it's just mm-hmm. so hard mm-hmm. mind now. It's it's not sustainable. Yeah. It's scary. It's, not, and it's scary. And then the name calling. It's just a lot of name calling. For and what? just like... Uh, yeah, not I, I, that's the Stace? part I don't like. It's gotten oh, mean. Oh, Sarah, you weren't Sarah, you weren't here when Stace joined us backstage. We have a our Patreon 
viewer who is subscribed and she she gives us a, a payment every month right. that's why mm. she's given us access she's our golden friend Wonderful. and she just said hey miss sarah and she wrote i'm with you all to me comics are truth tellers they help us see ourselves especially the most painful parts of us mm -hmm. in the ways that open our minds and hearts it's not an easy job but it's so important. And yes, educate, entertain, expand. Thank you, Stace. Mm -hmm. Thank I you. Thank you. Now I'm going to go to these topics, This is, which is tying into everything that you're saying. Yeah. I, I want to go right to the respect factor, Mugga. That is such an important thing. People just res be respectful while you're, because a, a lot of times, specifically with younger people and i and i do think younger generation I, and i saw this like maybe five years ago i was like oh we're in trouble because mm. they're on a path they know what's up absolutely they get it they really mm -hmm. get it right and if we don't understand how they're talking in schools and what they're learning and what they care about we're in trouble voting wise republicans are in trouble yeah. i'm sorry but I think so yeah so I do feel like they need to be more respectful of adults who've been through a lot of this yeah. and did not have this respect. Mm -hmm. Now, when we talk about Joe Biden, I'm always like, I get so nervous when people do the ageism thing with him. Cause I'm, I, I'm like, I don't know if you guys have noticed what's going on, but what's the other option. Thank okay? you. And he just took us through out of a pandemic with a guy who was about to, who basically people died because of the last thank president. you okay yes. and no one says it enough no one everyone goes i remember someone saying it wasn't his fault i go it was <laughs> on a on a huge absolutely. level we had a lot of people die absolutely. because of this man. absolutely joe biden came in with empathy which we we haven't seen in a long time and thank god for roy wood jr for just making a joke about the being asleep, but when he woke Roy, up, look at the things he has done. Look at all the things he has done. Keep talking about the things he has yep. done. We are coming out of what was a very serious economic stage where people weren't, gas prices were high, inflation was high, and he's taken us through that very responsibly and carefully and landed us almost softly. Yeah. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. And no one is talking about it. Unemployment is was at its low. I mean, what the yeah. hell? The job report is the best job report. And no one brings these bullet points need to be repeated. I don't know what people aren't hearing. It's TikTok. There are people on TikTok. No, TikTok is definitely. There are many, many, many producers, content producers that almost daily will list all of the things that Biden has done and has said, we better not forget we, and as much as we may not like him, and there's some things that he did in the past when he was vice president, blah, blah, blah. Okay, but my niece just got $83,000 forgiven mm. from her student loans. Mm. That mm. was Joe Biden. Yeah. The highways are getting fixed. That was Joe Biden. I mean, let's, let's look at everything that he's done, and he has done a lot. I, think, I just wish she'd stop falling. I know, I know. The falling's <laughs> one thing, and I, I agree. Oh, but man. I also, I take issue with the fact that we, like you just said, there are TikTokers who are listing everything that he's done. Okay. TikTok's an app, which is great. You got to go right. on, you got to be on TikTok. 
However, the press isn't doing it. CNN, MSNBC, they keep giving the same old behavior all of the attention. And people are so still entertained by that particular person. And the oh, we said this is the person doing the work is the quietest. He might be older. He might take a spill every now and then. But like Marina said, look at his look at what he's done. Check his work. Yeah. Check out his look at his resume of things that have gotten done in this past several years. But people are still so entertained by all the nonsense and the chaos and negativity that still pulls attention. And it's frustrating because, again, I think it's up to us to hold on to the fact that all the good needs to be talked about more and more and more beyond TikTok. All the all of the uh, cable networks and the news networks who still are out for ratings using this man, not Joe Biden, the other one, using his nonsense Mm -hmm. and his BS just to get ratings. Look at what it's doing to our country, to the world. Look at what it's doing. Is it worth it? And here comes AI. We're throwing that in the pot now, too. Yes, that's um, crazy. I'm so scared of it. What the heck? I'm terrified of it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. You know, and here's the thing, like, but, oh, God, that menopause is a bitch. What was that stuff you drinking? Wait, no, this, this is, is just water. <laughs> the stuff, the stuff, that, the stuff that I have this week is called Hormone Harmony. Hormone Ooh. Harmony. And it's a bunch of herbs and spices, more than the kernel, but it's supposed to help normalize (laughs) the hormones without chemicals and stuff. Because people talk about the hot flashes. The hot flashes are the worst as well. But what about the craziness you feel during menopause? (laughs) Why am I feeling this way? Why do I think this thing? So far, it's helping with the the hot flashes and stuff. But I also feel a better, a more sense of calm. Like everything is not gloom and doom. The thoughts are clearer. Memories yeah, panic calm. attacks, right? I don't That's have panic, a- panic attacks, but anxiety. I was an anxious kid. Yes. I've been anxious, but I've noticed the difference between this, taking these, and magnesium. You have to get your magnesium <laughs> in, ladies. You have to get your magnesium. It helps with recovery. Recovery after working out. It's good for the muscles and stuff, but it's also good with okay. relaxation. You know, when you have the anxiety, if you can't sleep and all that stuff, we just don't make it. So you have to take it every day. And if you still have, I just do marijuana. That too. But if that doesn't help, (laughs) there's some gummies, goalie gummies. (laughs) There's so much. But again, there's There's hope ahead, guys. There's hope again. It will pass. Oh, thank you, Sarah. Thank you. It will pass. It has to. But listen, I'm looking at the brain fog is crazy. No, I'm looking at my TikTok. Like there's this woman, um, this white woman who I happen to love. She puts stuff out there and she does the writing. I'm trying to find her name because she's really, really good. Uh, CNN has sold out. Yep, they did. After they did that town hall. Gross. With with him. That was gross. They're going in the right direction. I wouldn't give them. Yeah, yeah, they're going right. And so we know now that the complaints that were coming in about, oh, you know, they're not fair and balanced. Well, now we know for sure. But, oh, her name is I Am Politics Girl uh-huh. on TikTok. And I follow her. There's several people that I follow. And their content is fantastic. They really, really. <laughs> I love that. Because, yeah, pull up, pull up. You know, they did in this article, by the way, about Biden falling. They did say that they they had to put up. And it has to be a right wing person who wrote the article because they go, 
By the way, President Barack Obama did trip walking up the stairs. No one saw it. Mm-mm. I didn't see Mm-mm. it. Even if he did do it, Mm-mm. I didn't see it. Leave Obama alone. Yeah. Yeah. He, yes. he tripped once. He definitely tripped once. But it's no yeah. big deal. Listen, I fall every once in a while. Also- I could be president, but... I, I think I personally, here's my feeling. I personally think the GOP is not, is done. If, if, I hope if, you're right. I hope you're right. I just, I feel like, listen, nobody wanted to believe me when I said he will be indicted. No one wanted to believe me. I said, I believe in it. I'm speaking it into the universe. I think they're done because Gen Z is coming up. Yeah. Gen Z is dying to vote. Because Gen Z is listening to what Republicans are promising them for their future. Yeah. And they are not going to let them come back into power. Now, will they cheat to win? They've tried it before. So we just have to be vigilant. Mm-hmm. We have to be diligent. And we have to get people to those voting sites, whichever way we have to. And then I think once the younger population comes in, I think now, like you were saying before, there is this respect issue with the youngers as as well. Mm -hmm. But I do think that they're fighting for their future. I think Mm -hmm. a big section of it, segment of it is going to lead. We need those. I was 20. I was such a little revolutionary. This is the next phase that's coming in. I'm old. I don't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. But I was out there. I told Mungo, we fought the Klan. We fought the Nazis. We supported auto workers. We so we select we supported hospital workers. Mm-hmm. We so we select we we supported farm workers. There was a movement back in the early '80s, and I really do think that we've gotten we really see what Reagan and all the promises have led up to. Mm-hmm. And I think this generation is pissed. Yes, they're yeah. doing a lot of heavy makeup, <laughs> TikTok videos. I love all that stuff. <laughs> but I think that there is, yeah, I love the tutorials, and mm-hmm. I, I watch. I mean, I love TikTok, but. I do believe that there's a movement uh, 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 breast, and I think it's it's definitely it's taking hold. I hope and so. And I want to believe it. I want to believe it with all my heart because I think it's going to be the, the the wave that's going to change things now. You know what I think? Also, I agree with you. And piggybacking what you just said, I think that the communication gaps between us and and younger generations may be what we need to like feel like when I look at kids who we call disrespectful, I think some Mm -hmm. of them feel, especially in comedy, some of them feel under attack by older comics and they feel like we're pointing the finger that's at the third. Okay. We need to Mm -hmm. validate their feelings as they need to respect who we are. It's hard, but we can't throw our hands up. We have to try and we have to try and have conversations with them about these things, not just in the comedy world, but with the younger generation. Why do you feel that way? Okay, I might not agree, but I I understand a little better and I get it. Okay, it's not my thing, but you still deserve and have a right to your own life and opinions. Mm -hmm. But we have to remember how remember how we used to behave when we were younger, like as teenagers. I remember my thing in high school was eyeliner. Like I couldn't wear makeup and stuff, but I could wear eyeliner. And we were passing around <laughs> eyeliner in high school until we all got pink eye. But I had that <laughs> like, no. eyeliner. <laughs> That's right. And people laughed. I wanted to be Madonna. It was Madonna and Janet Jackson and the eyeliner and the lace. And people laughed. Oh, you look like a fool. Why are you doing that? Blah, blah, blah. I was expressing my freedom. They express their freedoms differently, but the complete disconnect is where we we will have a problem. We can't stay completely disconnected from them, even when they get on our nerves. 
You're and right. disrespect them. That's very true. Because we're like, okay, you, you're frustrating me. I want to choke you right now, but just sit down. Sit down and, and try to... Because it's every generation goes through this, right? It's, it's like the true. boomers used to be the ones, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Who were frustrated with their generation and now they're being made fun of for not getting this generation. Yeah. Right. But it's like Sarah said, I'm, I'm hopeful that we can make sure that we're all able to vote still. Yes. And, and, mm-hmm. and they're, yeah. the Republicans are making it. It's really like a small number. Like I, I was going to ask you this, Sarah, like as far as teaching goes, like teachers are on attack. Well, like it's a great time. I, I mean, you're a great one to, to, to be there and you're retiring, but I think you're probably retiring at a great time because they're under attack. And yeah. someone said a lot of good teachers are leaving. Yeah. Well, people are leaving the profession, especially, let's say, in a state like Florida, because of the whole, the nonsense that's going on. With book banning, banning books. What's that about? The banning books. It's horrible what's going on. But that's but, like, it's a small, minute number well, that MAGA, is upset. MAGA actually represents about, I believe the number is about 17% of the population. Mm. So yes, they're noisy, but they do not really pose a big threat. Right. I do not think that they are ever going to gain power. They've tried. They did that nonsense on June, on January 6th. I just, I just think that people are just not as stupid, you know, as they, as they present themselves to be because they're obtuse. You could show them the actual facts of this of, and then they'll still argue with you. So I just reached the level where I, my, the one question that I ask anyone who starts a little conversation with me, the one question I ask, do you believe the election was stolen? Uh-huh. That's all I want to talk about because uh-huh. the proof is there. The, 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 the lawsuits, you know, all the numbers and everything are there and they will still, if I hear a yes, I'm done. Thank yeah. you. I, you know what? Let's just agree to disagree. Uh-huh. I really don't, I don't have the time nor the patience to do this anymore. And then, I, uh, I, I just think that there's a movement of foot. And I again, I'm going to go back to TikTok. TikTok is actually, look, I have a lot of problems with the fact that they are mining our information. I get all of that. But to see older people dancing to younger music, mm. and I feel like that's the start. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're melding. I think the generations are starting to melt somewhat because of these opportunities that were given to share culture and music and language mm. and experiences so like i i I know i see people that are just connecting i see the connections going on and it's older people and it's blacks and whites and latinos and Mm -hmm. you know it's not the best way to do it but you know what that's that's what the this is what they're doing we cannot discount the way that young people are communicating and we have i I just did a Mm pop-up i I did a pop-up event this is it i'm not going to say the answer this Uh, i did a pop-up event this saturday and my husband is in marketing and they had no idea what they were doing. They were young entrepreneurs. Uh-huh. And one of them, I asked, Alex asked them, what about your website? She said, what's a website? Oh, I don't know. I'm not kidding you. Oh. She said, what is what? that? He said, well, you know, when you go online and you pull up information, yeah, okay. And uh, he said, well, you know, you really should have one if you want to develop this business. And he saw how flawed her thinking was how naive in a lot of ways to think that because she was able to do something online with, let's say, um, 
an app or her particular product or social media. She didn't see the bigger picture of marketing. Mm -hmm. She didn't see the bigger picture of promotion. Mm -hmm. And that's where he now, as a veteran and an older person and a baby boomer, stepped in and said, well, honey, this is, you know, not honey, he wouldn't function like that. He would just say, this is what you need to do. And she was an app student. But there's the joke. Yes. There's the joke. Well, hey, honey. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. What did you say? (laughs) Curves. We really really want to show the generation. What's up, toots? You know, like. I need you to come halfway and meet me halfway. Come on, Broad. Hey, Broad, get it together. Young Broad. But that may have been the biggest part of her day, getting back to the same thing, Mm -hmm. just tying in. The fact that the event may not have been a huge success, but Alex being there to put that gem in her lap might have been the whole point of the day. Now you understand. Yeah. Yeah. That's the connection you have to take to them. That's okay. And Stace put in an article link, if you guys, if you don't have to go to it now, but later um, in the chat, she put a great link to a New York Times article about millennials voting. And I went to it. It says the patterns, one of the paragraphs says the patterns offer reasons for democratic optimism. Millennials and Generation Z are growing parts of the electorate. Electorate. Yeah. While older, more conservative generations are gradually exiting and Bye-bye. even in the short term, the age dynamics matter. A Republican will have a slightly harder time winning the presidency in 2024 than in 2020. Mm-hmm. And in the long term, Republicans will struggle to win national elections unless they can appeal to more Thank Americans God. born Thank God. since 1980. Thank goodness. They are not coming back into power until they become more moderate. Yeah. This is not going, this is temporary. This is a glitch. Yeah. And as soon as the creature gets jailed or he's has going, he's going to jail. He's going, he's going to jail. I'm saying Thank it. You. They Thank say you. he, they say Thank he could still be president from jail. Okay. All right. Stupid. All right. I'm going to, what, what kind of a country? Yeah. What kind of a country have we become that that silliness is Why is that even not? something to say? Why would you even say something? And the fact that that's something that's said shows you how, how right we've gone in the wrong, the wrong way of right. I hate mm-hmm. to sound cliche. If Barack Obama did a fraction, a tiny, tiny fraction of all the stuff that this man has been mm-hmm. proven to have done, he would have been under a jail years ago. It would, this yeah. would have never happened. So the fact that they yeah. keep making excuses when you speak of the 17% MAGA people, that's driven by hatred. That's all driven mm-hmm. by hatred and racism. And I think the younger generation is getting tired of that. That's the thing that may be what you're talking about, Sarah, in terms of where's our future going? So what is it is, what is the real problem here? What are you angry about? What's driving your anger? Oh, that. By by 2030, we're supposed to have colossal climate change disasters. Yes. 2035. Yeah. So, you know, look, I'm at the, I'm in the end phase. I get where I am in my life. But mm. I'm not done, certainly. Absolutely they have not. their entire futures ahead knowing that they're going to be facing catastrophic environmental change, uh, no futures in terms of jobs. I mean, let's face it. What, what we, every single person I know who's young, 
who let's say even with college degrees they don't they're not contributing in the way that they could mm-hmm. in the way that they should in the way that they were trained they're not making the money that they need to make they're right. struggling even when they're making 150,000 i know young couples who are struggling they can't pay not their enough. mortgage they yeah. can't buy a house yeah it's frightening it's very very frightening and now we have so, ai so threatening the arts not just tech, there you technology go. Thank you. ai is there threatening you the arts how is that even a thing? Wow. Yeah, we, we AI has been they said it's on par with nuclear war. Like the godfathers the 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 people who created AI are saying please pay attention because <laughs> yeah. this in the wrong hands. I mean it's so simple to understand that if you have a computer that can think for itself mm-hmm. and that can like push a button on its yeah. own. Yeah. That and if if it's in the wrong hands, yeah. So like this article that I put in, which I thought was kind of funny about AI, and not really funny. I mean, it's disturbing. (laughs) That's why they took it out, but it made me kind of laugh. Um, Eating disorder group pulls chatbots sharing diet advice. A U.S. organization that supports people with eating disorders has suspended use of a chatbot after reports it shared harmful advice. The National Eating Disorder Association recently closed its live helpline and directed people seeking help to other resources. The AI bot named Tessa mm. has been taken down. That bitch. <laughs> the association said... <laughs> that bitch. That bitch had it all wrong. Okay. They said the bot continued to recommend behaviors like calorie restrictions and dieting. Like the like Tessa was like, stop eating, this bitch. This is crazy. <laughs> and even after it was told the user had an eating disorder, Tessa was like, I don't care. Stop Tessa's eating. Tessa's a bot. You don't need no more food. Tessa's a bot. That's crazy. So it's like our, jaw, our jaws hit the floor. We knew Tessa existed mainly for folks that had body image issues, but it had these pre-programmed responses. Mm. It's not a person who's engaged in empathetic, right. active listening for There's you. There's no artificial empathy. So you can't put that into, into, into the bots. And the, um, one of the gentlemen who was the create, one of the creators of the AI uh, technology, he resigned. He one of the like main go. guys, he resigned. He said in five years, this is going to be, this isn't going to be a good thing. And they've also been programming bots with predetermined racial um, responses to things. Yes, yeah. they're making racist yeah. bots. They're making racist yeah. AI. Yeah, yeah. So it's no uh-huh. okay. I'm not supposed to be thinking like that. We're all human. Where's the humanity? There's no humanity in AI. Right. Well, we don't. We don't yeah. know that there will be one day. That's the scary part, right? And that's what everybody. You know, it, the, the fear is that when they become sentient, then we have a real big problem. Because now they have opinions and feelings, yeah. and, and that's the scary part. But you know, it's funny because as a grammatician, right? I'm a grammatician. I'm a speech pathologist. I'm a psycholinguist. It is so troubling to me that a we're not teaching children how to write penmanship. We don't teach them anything other than this weird curriculum that we give them now. But now we don't even need to really teach them how to construct a sentence anymore. Nope. Or to sign they a check. They don't have to learn well, how, how to sign- penmanship because you don't have to sign a check anymore. <laughs> there you go. Ready for this? I went to AIGP. I went to chat GBT or GBT. I've heard of that. Yeah. The chat? Oh, no, yeah. 
to ask AI about you as a comedian. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. You want to talk about racial disparity. Mm-hmm. You ready? Mm-hmm. No, it's okay. Because oh. they, they're nice, but then they do this. I said, do you like her comedy style? It says, I don't have a subjective opinion on her comedy style, but... I can tell you that she is known for bringing a great sense of comedy to her dramatic roles. In this context, a human might say that they find her funny, witty, or hilarious. (gasps) Some people may think that she is too vulgar, crude, or offensive. Mm -hmm. Comedy is a matter of personal taste and preference. Now, that's for you. That's, yeah, now. Jim Gaffigan. I just wanted to compare okay. it to someone who's... I said, do you like his comedy? I don't have a subjective opinion on his comedy, but I can tell you that he's regarded as a clean comic, using little profanity in his routines. He is also a three-time Emmy-winning top touring performer and a multi-platform selling recording artist. In this context, a human might say that they find him wholesome, relatable, or hilarious. You see what that? a human might wow. say. Hmm. Some That's people weird, may though. think some people may think he is too bland, boring, <laughs> or repetitive. Comedy is a matter of personal taste and preference. Wow. I like that. That's interesting. I mean, I like wow. that you did that. And this is what we're what, what, what AI is is pulling up on. Huh? It's what AI is doing with the information. AI wow. is giving you a this is their like non- uh, what a human might subjective. say. What a human might say. That's weird, though. What yeah, a human, so, but, a, so, but, but look, the black female comedian. Uh, Volker's in there. Yeah. yeah. They so and he's so the so award-winning, award-winning, multi-platinum, you know, whatever. That's There's still that thing. The nuances uh-huh. are better in there. I got it. Even AI is full of shit. Excuse my French. Oh yeah, no, that sounds like when it's like, oh, the the the, the young, uh, the white uh, male, uh, no, the white child versus the black man, and they're both fifteen. Right. That's what that sounds like. Yeah, yeah, because of because a fifteen year old black boy is a man. Put in like other stuff, and just to test out, put in like a bunch of white, and it just comes yeah. back. Information just comes back, and it's like there for you. I was like, yeah. wow, that's scary. They haven't decided they haven't decided what they want to put in there yet. What they want to do in terms of all the black stuff, the Harlem's. And, and the, that's the scary What part. are you doing? What are you coming up with? What do we have to maybe do? They're waiting for, yeah, then maybe they're waiting for history to be rewritten for the books. Hello. And then they can retool and reboot what they're going to be putting oh my gosh. Exactly. Yeah. I apologize for, for over-talking you. I, I have... Tourette sometimes with thoughts and ideas. It's just popped up. No, no, the do, young it, lady, do it, do it, do it. The young lady, the poet, the poetess that did the um, inauguration poem, they just banned yes. her book. Yes. Amanda, Amanda they just banned <laughs> They just banned the baby's book. Well, they didn't. What? This is what they're saying. We we talked about it on uh, the last okay. episode. Oh, so, the, so our listeners will, will understand okay. when I say they well this no it's we need to continue to talk about it though but they were strategic about saying they didn't ban it they just placed it into a middle school like library so that it wasn't for the young kids but that's still banishing the Mm -hmm. book Mm -hmm. like we know what you did yeah and it was from one parent 
This is what I'm saying. Like we're still dealing with a minority uh, upset. But they still have the power. Even though they, they're they the minority, they have a bigger megaphone or megaphone. You understand what I'm saying? They, they, people hear it because they want to. This one person who object. They're finding, someone told me this, it's the same people making arguments everywhere, like at different schools in different okay. states. It's okay. like if you look at it, the study, and you find out where they're coming from, it's the same small group of individuals mm-hmm. making problems for these okay. kids that and these teachers. 17%. I'm telling you, there's not that many of them, which is why they have to go from town to town, right? But the, the hypocrisy is that they represent a, a, a party that historically has always said, we don't want government in our per- personal lives. Yeah, We don't want government to tell us what to do. And yet they're now going in and telling the schools what to do. And everybody in that school has to be affected by that one person. They're such fucking hypocrites. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's the hypocrisy. hypocrisy Now this disgusting. Now this other article I have, just to kind of in a different direction, because I just think this is. I was telling Mugga before. I think I feel like they're targeting me. Mm. Oh really? (laughs) A hundred and twenty-three year old virgin still holding out hope that she will find a man one day. I feel tired. I, I feel triggered. Okay. I've never been triggered. I'm triggered right now. Okay. By which part? <laughs> All of it. I mean, I'm not a virgin, but I damn might as well be. It comes back yeah. around. At this point. Yes, it comes back At around. This point, I might as well be a virgin. You owe it to me, You owe it to me. Oh, that's hilarious. Well, hundred. So that. This story is uh, 123. I keep seeing it because I kept seeing it on Instagram. And you see this woman. I'm like, why are they doing this? Mm. And it reveals that she is a virgin and has never had a sexual experience with a man. She turned down many men in her youth because her her culture forbids women to be seen with Mm. men. Her family never introduced her to a man, which her culture permitted she could never find a man that she shared a connection with and was too old to receive proposals. So basically, <laughs> my intern wrote, wrote that. I'm sorry. <laughs> all, all, all of her relatives who objected, they should all be dead by now. She outlived all of them. So she should go look for a man now. <laughs> They're all dead. They're all dead. Oh, um, I have so many. I have so much problems with this because they also say they say she is steeped in misery oh. and pain. I, I want to tell her it's going to be it's you. You're probably the happiest person on the planet. I thought you were going to say it gets better. Don't tell it. It's better. No, it gets better it's later. Better. It gets better. It's like she's better. already there. Oh my God! Before, right? We we know she's postmenopausal. So why even bother? Problems. She is she is postmenopausal. So she's fossilization. Wow, that thing is brittle. Don't even try now. There's not enough lubrication in this Western Hemisphere to help her. Like, wait a minute! You said there's not enough lubrication. Oh my that god! Oh boy! I hear, I hear cracking bones. There. I hear cracking bones. It's That's not a crazy. good thing to try right now. Wow! You know what? Yeah. Uh, when I was in high school, when I when I was an educa- uh, a student in Brooklyn, 
I, I went to school in the 60s. Now, when I, it's funny because when I tell people that now, especially young people, the look of shock on their face when I say 60s, it mm-hmm. might as well be 1860s. I yeah. swear to God. Yeah. They act like it's so damn long ago. Yep. But I didn't have one single book about Puerto Rican history, Puerto Rican right. heritage. Right. It was always a teeny paragraph within the Caribbean chapter Wow. of world history, which was heavy on Egypt, and that's okay, but it was also Greece and Rome, mm-hmm. very, 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 like a fraction. It was, it was Caribbean, maybe even Mexico, just mixed into one. Right, right. And it wasn't until I got to junior high school, I was already now, what, 12th in the ninth grade, and we had a principal named Sheldon Roach, and I've always wanted to find his family. He's probably gone by now, but he was so militant. He came in with his Afro, and this was junior high school, 57, on Stuyvesant Avenue in Bed-Stuy. Oh, my God. And he had a cheeky, yeah, right on Stuyvesant and, uh, and DeKalb, a couple mm. blocks up from DeKalb. And he came in with his dashiki and his uh, dashiki and his fro. And that was the first time I had ever learned anything about Puerto Rican studies. Wow. So this wow, baby wow. stuff really messes with me. Yeah. Because I would hate for that to be the experience of any other child going forward when we have learned and so presumably have progressed, you know, right in, in mm-hmm. comillas, in question marks, right. uh, in quotation marks, we've progressed. And that's what scares me. That yeah. we're, going, we're going so back. We are regressing back to the days when a little girl in Brooklyn didn't know anything about her history whatsoever. And the, the fear yeah. is that that she might be able to find out now. They don't want the little girls to know or boys to know mm-hmm. who they are and to fully realize their history. Only the one that they've yeah. been shoving down your throat. Like you yeah. said, we had Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks for decades. I mean, it wasn't as bad as not seeing any Puerto Rican, you know, people in history taught in school. But yeah, we have our own we have the same two stories for decades. New York schools are very segregated. It says more children have received offers to their top New York public schools, which rely on sorting and screening applicants. And this often results in a heavily segregated school system. This year's data showed little economic and racial diversity. As the pandemic forced schools to drop many requirements, schools became more diverse. However, these requirements were dropped out of necessity and no one has made any true diversity efforts. Black and Latino students made up only 10% of last year's offers while they make up about 66% of students citywide. The process is highly selective in an effort to give hardworking students an incentive, which is admission into the Ivy League of New York high schools. The selective schools in the city have made little to know diversity efforts or changes. Yeah, well, to pass Um, pass this test, you have to have high scores, which means you have to have tutors mm -hmm. and people helping you to pass those tests, and they're expensive. Yep. So black and brown children don't have access to those types of services. Exactly. They're not able to compete the same way that other wealthier families. And to speak to that, I said to uh, Marina when I got on stage that day, I said, wow, this is for schools in Harlem. I've never seen so many white people in my life. You know, mm-hmm. it was like, mm-hmm. remember that? I said, yeah. wow, this was now what I was expecting. And Holy I, shit. It's interesting. Also, Sarah, I find that these people's children who are succeeding, who may not be black or brown, they live up to that, that um, African proverb, it takes a village. 
These people gather mm-hmm. around to help their child become successful mm-hmm. because they can. Not to say that Black and Latino people don't do it. Oftentimes, there aren't enough people who can come, you know, get around this child and say, okay, we're all going to make sure you pass this test. Your mom may not have the money for the tutoring. We'll chip in. You're gonna, you understand? We'll, we're going to make sure you do better than we did. It's not that we don't do it. A lot of times, we can't. We don't have yeah, the village I mean. that we used to. We don't have the means. We yeah. don't have the means. Yeah. And it's it, it's frustrating because what you put into children is what you often get out. And a lot of children aren't being filled with with positivity these days. I know, you know, I'm not into TikTok or anything like that. I'm not saying it's all bad. I know it's mm-hmm. not. But like TV used to raise children back in the days. Now it's it's. TikTok and Instagram and there's just too much information all at once. It's not, it's a lot. And I don't think children's brains have the capacity to make sense of all these different messages all at one time. Some adults can't. Mm -hmm. I I feel Mm -hmm. sorry for kids with all that they're, they're challenged with trying to figure out on a daily basis. I can't imagine raising kids now. Stuyvesant School, just Stuyvesant, Chicago, Stuyvesant, I love it. I love it. She says Stuyvesant. If you need work on Stuyvesant, what is it? Stuyvesant. Oh my god. Yes, Stuyvesant High School. I think they only have like maybe. I forget the number. It was very low of black students that went there. But then I remember the reporter was like four or five. But I remember the that was admitted this year. Yeah. But I remember the reporter saying and she was black. She said this on New York one. She's like, but there are other good schools. So is it really like that big of a problem? And I thought to myself, yeah, it's a big problem because those kids going to that school of Stuyvesant Mm -hmm. school, they're (laughs) They're losing out, right? They're losing out. That like, let's let's remember that lack of diversity also affects your education. Yep. Yep. So that needs to be the headline. Yep. Not that these black kids are losing by not. It's those white kids and those Asian Mm -hmm. kids are losing out by not getting the proper diversity in their schools. Absolutely. 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 Yeah. And it's not preparing I mean, them for entering the real world. Real world it's preparing right. them. The real world is diverse, no matter how much these stupid assholes want to keep denying right. it. Right. The world is diverse, dummies, and so is America, uh, North America, the United States, whatever you want to call it these days. And to think that it's still going to be driven by this uh, <clears throat> Anglo-Saxon, you know, white Protestant Christian evangelical focus is not, is is. I'm not naive because it's not that it's, it's, it's preposterous. It's, yeah. it's antithetical. It's not, it doesn't make sense. It's counterintuitive. If you look at what the United States looks like right now, it is fear driven. It is, it is, you know, we were given this right to own this land by, by, you know, that whole I, 1619 project was remarkable mm-hmm. in showing mm-hmm. what the whole, that whole, that I never heard of race being a construct. Yep. That, that was the first time I'd ever really understood that it is a construct. Yeah. It was created to justify a means for power and control. Absolutely. And, and and that's all it is. They're just panicking because all of a sudden it's blowing up in their faces. Yeah. And they, they're fighting tooth and nail 
to keep it antiquated in that old way of thinking, keeping things the way they were. Because if it's not an old white man running the world, they don't know what to do with themselves. How, what's happening here? How, what, what are all these Mexicans and Blacks and Ecuadorians? and Af- Where's everybody coming from? Well, it's the world. We've always been a part of the world. As long as you're not in charge, they're okay with it. And that's a problem because the world, is getting, exactly right. the world is getting more brown every day. Mm-hmm. The pandemic should have taught us that if you don't take care of the whole, there are parts that are going to affect. Oh, wait, no. If you don't take care of parts of the whole, it's going to affect Absolutely. the whole. Absolutely. And we're living it now. We're living the fact that the parts weren't taken care of properly. Look at the whole. The hole's got a bunch of holes in it, like Swiss cheese. Yeah. So we look, you know, it's but so true. I think there's still hope. I think Sarah said it earlier that we still have to have hope. Hope is the only reason why I'm sitting here talking to you because knowing stuff can be very scary. A lot of people walk through their lives very ignorant and don't know any better, and they're having a great time. When you know better and question things <clears throat> and you have understanding, it can get very, very scary because it's like, we kind of know what's coming next. I read the book. We know what mm-hmm. history is going to repeat itself if we don't if we don't make changes. It's already happening. Mm-hmm. We can stop yeah. it. We can stop it. Yeah. It's just not going to be easy. Yeah, this country. I, I think I think what yeah. turned this country on its head was the election of Obama. Yeah, they yeah. never got over having to answer or be under the guidance and leadership nope. of a strong, educated, brilliant black. Man, this is still and the black lad. It's, no, it's, it's <laughs> no coincidence. It's, to me, there's no coincidence that post Obama we're in the mess that we're in, and there's race has become such yep. uh, a major. Uh, it was always a factor, but it's it's uh, you know the, the 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 discussions over it have just gone all over the place. Yep. <clears throat> but what are we gonna do about the 123 year old virgin who needs a man? <laughs> are we? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely to... nothing we're not going to do a damn thing about <laughs> she that. says she needs she's asking she's asking for help she says she needs a date with whom <laughs> with whom i don't i don't think and both of these men just had babies i don't think robert de niro or al Pacino uh-huh. can even help her she's older than them <laughs> they can't even do anything yeah she says i've never had a husband she goes, she goes, I would think of it during my era, but I, I won't take myself to any husband. She goes, my name is Teresa. I cannot say her last name. It's it's a Nigerian last name. It's long. Uh-huh. And I don't want to mess it up like I did Stuyvesant. Okay. No, you, you didn't mess it up. You, you pronounced it so, so cutely. You didn't mess it up. Cutely. Stuyvesant. Stuyvesant. Chicago came out, yes. Yeah. And then for <laughs> I, you have me sitting here oh. trying to figure out what I could possibly think up for a 123 year old version. I can't even imagine. Do you want to be touched at that point? She, she said, said can you help me and bring, she wants, wants one. It. She says she's miserable. She says <laughs> at the moment, she says, can you help me and bring me a man? Mm. Type that into the AI. AI, ask AI. What do you do about a 123 year old version <laughs> trying to get rid of it? Let me see. I got I hope I don't lose you. All right. We're running into a little overtime, but I am curious. 
Someone's going to be like, Hold I on. don't really have an opinion on this, but. Let me see what happens. Hold on. I hope I don't lose. Can you still see yeah. me? Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's the question? How, how, how can we find I... a date? <laughs> Find a date. Or 123 year old. A 23 year old. Damn. Virgin. Don't put in Nigerian because she'd never get an answer. She black. Oh, you you're right. Get nothing. <laughs> you ain't get nothing with your old black ass. That's what I'm saying. Girl, take it it's to the searching. grave. Take it to the grave. <laughs> it says, this is what it said. Last First it said searching for dating tips for seniors. And then it said, my mistake. I can't give a response <laughs> to that right now. Can we try another topic, please? Never, never get a response. You, you messed up AI. <laughs> AI was like, I'm sorry. No. AI said, hey, hey, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm out. I'm out. I'm sorry. I'm not even still learning. I just can't deal with it right now. Anyway, you guys, this has been so much fun having you both. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me today. I love and I lift you up all the time. I always do. I haven't seen you in a while, but you you freaking rock and you know it. And yeah, I appreciate what you're doing. And I can't wait to see you in person yes. at the show. And call me. Call me if you need me. Any any fundraisers, anything except for the 123-year-old virgin. We can't help her. <laughs> Maga, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Can you much. tell our, our viewers, our listeners, where they can find you? Well, my name is Maga. Hi, you guys. Find me at Just Maga on Instagram or Muga Phoenix on Facebook. I'm working on a website. However, you can find me next week at the Black Women in Comedy Laugh Fest in New York. Um, we kick off on the 14th I in Brooklyn at Littlefield. And with friends like us, we will always rise. I love yeah. that. Rise. Rise. Thank you, Mama Maya. We rise and still we rise. Indeed. I love it. Sarah, thank you so much. I love love you too. Where can I, our listeners, find you? Well, Sarah Contreras here, the Latin diva of comedy. Hola, mi gente. Um, You can look for me at, uh, gee, sarahcontreras.com and Latin diva comedy on TikTok and Instagram. Uh, And with friends like us, you know what, honey? The sky's the limit. It's going to be just fun and laughs and and joy and bonding and sisterhood. And we're going to be and all right. And the sky's the limit for us, honey. We're going to be all right. We're going to be, be all right. All right. Yes. Yeah. And there's life after menopause. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> all the best. Marina Franklin here. Just go to my website, marinafranklin.com. And with friends like us, we don't need a man. Oh. oh. Ever. Right. Ever. I'm not triggered. Not at all. Check us out. Check, check us out. Check us out.